You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. The serious side of the J. Rao Show is coming up next right here on the TJRS Radio Network online radio at its best. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. No more, it's none of my business. No more, I'm sure they'll work it out. No more, boys will be boys. No more, I'll say something next time. No more, why didn't she tell anyone? No more, she was flirting with him. No more, she's too smart to let that happen. No more, not my problem. No more, he didn't mean it. No more, why doesn't she just leave? No more, he said he was sorry. No more, she was drunk. No more, she was asking for it. No more, she seems just fine to me. No more, she should have been more careful. No more. We don't talk about that. No more bystanding. No more ignorance. No more excuses. No more. No more. No more. WWE Superstar Big Show here to tell you if you've been drinking, get a ride. Take a cab. Find another safe way to get home. Cops all across the country are cracking down on drunk driving. They will see you before you see them. Drive sober or get pulled over. Online radio at its best. Online radio at its best. Hey, 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 good day. If you're ready, map of the south. Let's do this. I'm telling you, I am first very honored that you would join me tonight. He has a very limited time spot, so we want to bring in Mr. Alan Farrell right away. Hey, how are you, Kathleen? You know what? I'm going to make you do what I do, baby. Man, what's crack-a-lackin', baby? What's crack-a-lackin'? It's time for the serious side of the James Brown Show. Don't try to call me out, princess. You can take your love and true purpose and stick it. She's a bitch. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. Network. Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Giles Snyder. Bolivian President Evo Morales says he will call for new elections after the Organization of American States, the OAS, released a report saying that a disputed October 20th vote should be annulled due to irregularities. BBC's Richard House has more details. The recommendations by the OAS follow an audit of last month's ballot. As well as casting doubt on the result, it's called for a new electoral authority to supervise the rerun. There was outrage in Bolivia when the initial count was first delayed and then restarted, with the figures more favorable for Evo Morales. That anger has sparked nationwide protests, supported by much of the police. The army says it won't intervene, and Mr. Morales has said a coup has been launched against him. He's now believed to be in the lowland region of Chapare. President Trump says he's preparing to turn over a second transcript of a phone call he had with the president of Ukraine. And Paris Windsor Johnston reports a release of the document comes as the House moves ahead with a public phase of its impeachment inquiry into the president later this week. Speaking to reporters on Saturday, Trump said he's willing to release the transcript of a phone call he had with the president of Ukraine that reportedly took place in April before the July 25th call, which is at the heart of the impeachment inquiry. We have another transcript coming out, which is very important. They asked for it, and I gladly give it. There's never been a president who's been so transparent. This is a witch hunt. 
at the highest level, and it's so bad for our country. Lawmakers continue to investigate whether Trump used military aid as leverage to press the Ukrainian government to dig up dirt on a political rival. Windsor Johnson, NPR News, Washington. Public hearing set to begin this week. House Intelligence Committee Chairman Adam Schiff is responding to a list of witnesses Republicans say they want to hear from. Schiff says the list is being evaluated, but he says he will not let the hearing serve as a vehicle to conduct sham investigations. San Francisco has just elected a district attorney who's never prosecuted a case. The election part of a wave of progressive prosecutors in U.S. cities such as Boston, St. Louis, Philadelphia. From member station KQED, Longtime public defender Chesa Boudin will now be San Francisco's top cop as he tries to overhaul the existing criminal justice system. Boudin is the child of radical activists and says visiting his parents when they were imprisoned informed his view of incarceration. Seen as an outsider in the race, Boudin ran on a platform of reforming the system, providing sentencing alternatives, holding police accountable, and ending cash bail. He beat the establishment candidate, Susie Loftus, by a 2,000-vote margin despite Loftus holding endorsements from Governor Gavin Newsom, U.S. Senator Dianne Feinstein, and presidential candidate Kamala Harris. For NPR News, I'm Kate Wolf in San Francisco. This is NPR News. Coming up next on The Serious Side. Is Mayor Buttigieg's Buttigieg's struggle with black voters in your state of South Carolina because he's gay? Well, that's a generational issue. Uh, I know of a lot of people my age who feel that way. That's for sure. (laughs) Yeah, I do want to ask you about uh, about Kamala Harris. During a radio interview this morning, she was asked about people questioning that she's not black enough. And I found it was important how she answered it and what she said. Let me play for you what she said. So I was born in Oakland. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and raised in the United States, except for the years that I was in high school in Montreal, Canada. And look, this is the same thing they did to Barack. Yes. This is, this is not new to us. And so I think that... Um, we know what they're trying to do. They're trying to do what has been happening over the last two years. Graham has fallen in line behind President Trump and become the face of Trump's defense on Capitol Hill. To impeach any president over a phone call like this would be insane. Welcome to the serious side of the Jay Wild Show with Mrs. Vanessa Maybell, Mr. Jerome Esprit, the official texter of the show, Mr. Johnny D, and Mr. Elias. Now here is your host, Jay Ryle. Good Sunday morning to you folks. Today is November 10th, 2019, and you're in tune to the serious side of the Jay Ryle Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio, and it's best. Happy Veterans Day to all the vets out there. We appreciate your service, and, uh, you know, America should always take time out to uh, really acknowledge the sacrifice that uh, a lot of us made 
far as our time, energy, and effort, but the ultimate sacrifice that a lot of us made as well by giving our life for our country. And in some cases, this country don't appreciate you, especially if you are of dark complexion. But anyway, your heroics will never go um, not you know would never go unknown, uh, and we would definitely make sure that we thank you every opportunity we get. As always, I never should have showed uh, never should have stayed by myself. Let me introduce you to some of the very best in the business. First up, let me bring in my big sis. She's going to give it to you. It's like, you know, she's retirement, so you're going to get the retirement fix on what's happening out there in the news with that Southern Swing, CNN, Avid Watcher, and MSNBC, the very lovely Vanessa Mae Bellies in the house. Good morning. So how are you? Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Happy Sunday. Glad to be here. And good morning to you, sweet Jay. I appreciate you having me on the show. I appreciate you being a part of the show, hanging out with me for two hours. That's a that's a task within itself, as you are. I don't know where you are, but hey, sounds like you're having fun. But thank you so much for being here. I'm at home. All right, next up. You're at home? Okay, all right. Bobby, Bobby Jones is fired up this morning, huh? All right, so anyway, let's <laughs> we'll keep going. All right, let's bring in uh, this, my little brother, uh, my comrade in arms, a brother that uh, I've rubbed shoulder to shoulder with for years as we, you know, serve this great nation of ours, the most important title as far as I'm concerned. He's a father, he's a husband, but he's one of my dearest friends, and he's my little brother, and I love him to death. Let's bring him in. Mr. Johnny D in the place to be. Good morning, sir. How are you? Happy Veterans Day, man. Good morning, 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 and I can say continuously a roll of good mornings, and it wouldn't be enough. Um, just thankful to be here. Uh, thankful for all the veterans and, and their service. And Jay, certainly um, as, as, as a mentor of mine today, and as a mentor of, of, of a young man coming into the military, how you took me up under your wings. Uh, I'm thankful for that because you got us out of some bad times, some bad situations. So thank you for that. Thank you for your service. Miss um, Vanessa, uh, always a pleasure to share the stage with you as well as Les and Jerome. I'm looking forward to today's uh, hot topic broadcast. And thanks to all of those individuals who allow us an opportunity to come into their homes every week. Absolutely. Thank you so much, man. Well, we'll talk about those in the after party. <laughs> Some of those situations. <laughs> Speaking of Mr. Elias, the man who runs everything around here, the one and only, Mr. L to the E to the S. Just don't know what this brother means to me. Here he is in the flesh. Good morning, Mr. Elias. How are you, sir? Good morning, sir. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Vanessa. And good morning, Hulk. Good morning. Happy better day to you guys. And thank you for serving our country as you always have. I appreciate it. That's right. Happy Veterans Day, Jay. And Johnny. Thank you, and Johnny. Yes, that's right. We uh, put the uniform on for this great nation of ours. And, uh, you know, they have to be a challenge nowadays for people to put that uniform on, especially who's at the top of the food chain. Good gracious. Anyway, happy Veterans Day to all the vets out there. The number is 347-850-1270. You can be a part of the conversation if you like. Also, the man... I call him the smartest man in the world. Mr. Jerome Esprit usually joins us after his commitment with Clear Channel Radio. But until then, we hold it down, and we have a smorgasbord of things to talk about. Let's break it down. First up, we're going to talk about blacks and Mayor Pete. Mayor Pete Buttigieg is still polling in the low single digits with African Americans. It would be the fact that he's gay. And then we're going to talk about some of the remarks that Kamala Harris made after uh, Jim Clyburn made his remarks on CNN. So we'll play all that for you coming up next. Also, blacks and Biden. 
you know, I tell you what, I'm going to change this one up a little bit. We're going to talk about the former vice president, but I also want to talk about how African Americans are looking at Kamala Harris and saying, are you black enough? We're going to talk about that. You know, we have a fickle relationship with some people, you know, and I think we all know why folks are looking at her and saying what they're saying. But if not, stay tuned. We'll bring it to light for you. Last but certainly not least, Double Talk. Many members of the GOP, they've done a 360-degree flip on Trump. You know, Lindsey Graham, Ted Cruz, Marco Rubio. I mean, why do you think they're doing this? Well, we all know why. We'll discuss that next. Once again, the number is 347-850-1272. World Famous Chat Room should be open. And, of course, we're communicating with you through all of our social media channels. So just come on board. If you don't like talking on the radio, send a message. And if it's good enough and respectful enough, we'll read it during the chatterbox section, which is about, ooh, about an hour and a half now. But until then, 90 minutes of good conversation coming at you right now on the serious side on the TJRS radio network online radio and it's best let's jump into the first topic alright blacks and Mayor Pete you know uh a lot of people are saying the reason why Mayor Pete is not getting any traction in the African American community is because he's gay and a lot of people uh you know a lot of folks have accused African Americans of being homophobic I have quite a few friends and I know those guys man if you talk about two men kissing, they will just almost throw up on you. That's, that's how they feel about it. Then you have a lot of African-American churches who are not in favor of this as well. So let's start the conversation right there, Mr. Elias. What do you think, man? You think the reason why Poot, uh, Mayor Pete is uh, polling low in the African-American community is because of the fact that he's gay? Or do you think there's something else behind all this? Well, you know, Jay, I would say if uh, I can't speak. I know in Indiana why he would poll low in Indiana. Because in Indiana, and in 2012, he fired uh, uh what's the guy's name? I think it's Wakeman, black police something chief. like yeah. that. Not the black police chief. chief. Yeah, he fired yeah. him because he was taping white white officers making derogatory statements about people of color. So Is that and then the reason he replaced why? him with. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's the reason why. Okay. I didn't hear you that, know, they, but okay. Yeah, he caught them using, you know, waste his language. So, so, so they, let me ask they, you a they, question. They, so why, why would he? Let, let me ask you before you move forward. Why would he? Do you think that's the? Or is that the reason why, or is that the under the underneath reason why? And there was something else. So, did, did, when, when they fired when they fired the chief, did he use that as the reason why? Did he say the reason we're relieving you of your duty is because you violated so much privacy? I mean, how, how was it? I guess I'm trying to figure out how was it presented to the public because I just can't believe he stood in front of a microphone and said we're going to fire you because you know you you, you called a white you know police officer saying derogatory things about black people. How did they how did they phrase it? How did they pack it? Was it up? He, well, he, said, the he said he recorded the phone call of of what was going on. And, okay, so, so, know, so it was an invasion of privacy type thing. Yeah, basically, and then he he replaced them with two white officers uh, as, as police chiefs. So it was okay. like you know. You know, and whatever, there was nothing that happened to the officers. You know, just, you know, just they made derogatory And you know that for a fact? Yeah, that's what I'm, I've just read that, yeah. Okay. Yep. All right. So, you know, that, that, that in Indiana doesn't play well. I know it didn't play well, and especially him being from South Bend, you know, <laughs> it just didn't play well, man. It just didn't. To me, I know in Indiana, that's what, that's what it, it, it revolved around, you know. So I, I can't speak for other parts of the country. I can say what happened here in Indiana. 
So you think it's because he fired a, a black uh, police chief and replaced him with white officers? That's one of the reasons why he's not polling well in South Carolina. Or not doing well with African Americans. I, I can only speak for the state of Indiana. I can only speak for the state of Indiana. Okay. I don't, and, and how is he polling in the state of Indiana? Though I mean, I mean, I don't know. I mean, right. Indiana's so it's, far away. I'm not bad. sure if we even have data it's, on that. It's, it's, it's not okay. well. It's not well. Okay. Especially, right. especially like in like you know in the Gary area and the, you know South Bend, you know South Bend is not polling well either. So. So, right. Interesting. What about you, Vanessa? Do you think it's the fact that, uh, you know, you're active in the church? Do you think it's a situation, the fact that this man is married to another man, that he goes home and he sleeps with another man, that he's homosexual? Do you think that's one of the reasons why he's not polling well with African-Americans, especially in South Carolina, where the demographic for African-American voters are, you know, older, you know, middle middle age to uh you know, senior citizen that citizen citizens in that area. What do you think? Do you think that's one of the reasons why he's polling real bad? Well, you know, to be quite honest with you and the listeners, I I really haven't paid him too much attention. Period. Um, but if now that you bring it up, I would think that that would be a problem. With the seniors, um, that's what I'm going to call them, the seniors, be it black or white, um, because they just don't believe in that. That's not something that they feel is of God. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it would be a problem for them. I never thought about it one way or the other because I don't think he's going to get far with this, but he will get far with something else politically, but not with this. So I ain't paid him any attention. But I do not, I, I do agree that. His sexuality, who he go home with, who he sleep with, does play a big part with senior citizens. They don't like it. They don't. They could care less about LGBTQ and all of that. They don't care about none of that. They think all of it's a sin. What about you? Now, let, let me get. Uh, now, I want to play something. I want to hit. Now, now, now Jim Clark Claiborne, uh, which is the uh, senior representative out of South Carolina, made some comments on CNN. Let me play this clip, and I want to get Johnny's response to this question. We'll talk on the other side. Um, you uh, have your finger on the pulse of that very important state where you are right now, South Carolina. Uh, in a key way, and I want to ask you about 2020. Uh, a new poll out of Iowa places South Bend Mayor Pete Buttigieg firmly within the top four contenders. That's not the case where you are in South Carolina, where he remains in low single digits. A local South Carolina paper obtained a memo from inside the campaign, the Buttigieg campaign, detailing a focus group with black voters, some of whom uh, didn't like that he was living with his husband. And the report concluded that, quote, being gay was a barrier for these voters. Is Mayor Buttigieg's Buttigieg's struggle with black voters in your state of South Carolina because he's gay? Well, that's a generational issue. Uh, I know of a lot of people my age who feel that way. But I will say this, Dana, my own grandson, who is 20, I think he's 25 years old, uh, that guy is a big Buttigieg guy. Uh, and, of course, uh, he does it because he believes in the guy not because he's gay. My grandson. But for older uh, African-Americans, it me, is an issue. I'm sorry. You're, are you saying for older African-Americans, it is an issue? Yes, it is. There's no question about that. I'm, I'm not going to sit here and tell you otherwise, because I think everybody uh, knows that's an issue. Uh, but I'm saying it's an issue, not the way it used to be 
my own grandson, <laughs> is very much for him. He is a paid staffer working on the campaign, uh, working on the campuses of HBCUs throughout South Carolina. Uh, and so he doesn't care what anybody my age Thanks. think. Now, Senator Kamala, Senator Kamala Harris, uh, you know, when she was asked about uh, Representative Clyburn's uh, remarks, this is what she said. She says, look, the Labor One community in particular is being burdened by this bias as compared to others. It's misinformed, it's misdirected, and it's just simply wrong. Now, she also said that it was uh, the narrative was throat, 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 excuse, excuse me, it was just nonsense. And she said that uh, this narrative was developed by some Democrats that suggest African Americans are homophobic and transphobic. So now, Johnny D, same question for you: Do you think the fact that this guy is gay is the reason why he's not really registering with African Americans, especially in South Carolina? There's probably some who who would contend that that that's factual. Uh, I I was watching the the. Mr. Clyburn's interview when it happened and it was almost once he said it, he realized he had to go with it and try to come up with something, but I think that when he made that comment um, it was probably something he was talking about in back rooms, which is which is, is I'm not going to say is right um, but then he equated it to his son, you know, so he tried to make it more generational and I'm pretty sure that there is, is a degree of, of, of stigmas that come with that, but you know when, when you look at the African American community uh, being so diverse, and you look at today's society, it is, it is more open to to people's differences. Uh, seemingly, you know, there's a demographic that's not as open to to to, to individuals uh, of difference, but for the most part, the African American community has has been receptive. Uh, you know. You, you see it in our schools, you see it in our communities, you see it in our churches, you know, you see it in, in, in major cities that's, that, that has a, a, a culture of festivity such as that. I think, in essence, for myself, Budichet just does not appeal to me in the sense that he has no message. And, you know, any uh, young 40-ish-looking uh, Caucasian male with, with, with brown hair and a bob, they always try to equate to, to John Kennedy. Those days are long gone and over with. So I think in, in fairness, when you talk about our elders, um, our African-American elders, they see John Kennedy as, as something totally different than they see Pete Buttigieg. So I think some of the turnoff is, is, is that relationship that they try to you know, parallel him and, and, and what he's done, which is absolutely nothing. I mean, yeah, okay, he, he's a mayor, he runs a city, but what is his message? You know, he's an upstart individual, but he, he he's pretty much stays on message. He has no real appeal in regards to, to, to doing anything specifically for the African-American community. Uh, he, he's more inclusive as far as a broad-based agenda. But what, what we have to look at is at this point in time is, is do what, what, what other uh, demographics do. What is it that I can get out of it? I think that this, this particular election here allows for the African-American community to come out of the grasp of the Democratic Party who has taken the vote for granted. I think that it gives us an opportunity to sit back and say, you know, for the first time in several elections, that we matter, okay? Um, for a long period of time, the Republican Party was, was caught in the Hispanic and Latino vote. Uh, the Democratic Party was, 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 was courting 
the, 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 the female and the Hispanic Latino vote. So it was almost like, okay, we know that we're going to get yours because, again, it's like, you know, and not paying it, it's voting for the devil or his brother. But in, in, in the mindset of the Democratic Party, it's like, okay, you can either vote for us or look at the alternative. Okay, well, the alternative speaks for himself because in 2016, African Americans didn't come out to the polls. So this this gives us a, a, a broad-based range of political presence and proudness, and I don't want to get caught up in the fact that this young man it happens to, to, to be gay as part of the reason as to why Mr. Claiborne, who is an established politician who lives in, in, in a state where, you know, you, you talk about high-born, low-born, low-country, high-country, and that demographics based, is based off a racial line, but then also economics. So I think he is speaking in something that he's probably talked about in back rooms. Do some people feel that way? Probably so. But I think the masses of African-Americans, if he had an agenda, if he had some talking points, would probably sway to him. But he's just a middle-of-the-road candidate who has a message for America as, as, as a whole. And, and we have to really look at it during this election right here. You know, what is it? What, what is it? What's in it for me? And I think that that mm-hmm. right there is probably detracting him to turn from his appeal. Interesting you say that. Now, back in 2012, when this first hit, you know, there was a lot of push. People, you know, President Obama got on board with gay marriage uh, after the fact, after Joe Biden pushed him uh, in that direction. So now I want to play, you know, we talk about how, what type of effect that this has on the African-American community and how they feel about this man being married to another man. And I remember sitting in my church one Sunday and listening to my bishop talk, and I was like, wow. You know, I mean, it was interesting to hear what was coming from the pulpit. I want to play a story, something that happened back in 2012. I want to play the story about the effect uh, on this, on the black church. And then I'm going to come back and ask you guys a very difficult question. I think you know what it's going to be. That's coming up next. Let's listen to this clip, and we'll talk on the other side. The Grace Community United Church of Christ in St. Paul, Minnesota, has seen better days. The empty pews, signs of a congregation shattered by a single issue. Categorically, they said, I cannot be a part of a church that accepts same-sex marriage. Reverend Oliver White voted in favor of accepting same-sex marriage at the 2005 National Meeting of the United Church of Christ. The vote was historic. The fallout, immediate. White lost two-thirds of his predominantly African-American congregation. They thought I was a heretic, uh, that I was not leading them to Christ. Seven years later, White's congregation still has not come back. I was invited to watch what could be the last service before the church closes its doors for good. What I saw was a far cry from the days when the seats were full. When services started just a few minutes ago, there were only about 20 people in the pews. A few people have come in since then, but more than half of the people attending today are visitors. The church is now in financial ruin. The few members that still remain say they couldn't overcome a stigma. It is hush-hush, you don't talk about it. If you're gay, you're wrong. And it is very much, very prevalent in the black church that you do not talk about it. You pray about this a lot? Every day. What do you pray for right now? Uh, (laughs) $200,000. 
$200,000. That's what White says will keep his church afloat, but he has just a few days left to raise it. $2. $2. Yes. Little miracles arrive in the mail every day. Donations along with words of encouragement and at times, temptation. This man was going to pay all your bills. Yes. All your worries would be gone. All my worries would be gone. All you had to do was what? Renounce. Renounce what I have been saying and come back to God as he said. Did you think about it? <laughs> well, maybe for uh, one-tenth of a second. <laughs> Better to be a heretic in the eyes of many of his fellow Christians than, he says, to preach what he believes is a lie. David Mattingly, CNN, Minneapolis, Minnesota. So we say that it doesn't have an effect on the African-American community, that, uh, you know, he's a guy that's it's all about his policies and his procedures and things of that nature, but clearly... Uh, the fact that he's gay, I think, plays a major role in this whole thing. And so, you know, I'm going to ask a very tough question here, and I think you guys know where I'm going. I'm going to start with you, Vanessa. Um, do you believe in gay marriage? Do you believe in the fact that two men and two women can be wedded? And, if you know, can you support if, let's say, you had a candidate out there that was saying everything, saying all the right things, uh, could you support a gay candidate? Well, okay, that's the question. Don't, 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 you know, the cat got your tongue. I mean, yeah, I know you have to think no, about no, it. No, that's, that's okay. Say what you have to say. No, that's two questions, okay. Jay. One no, no. question oh, was, Well, let me, okay, one. let me make sure. Okay. No, can you, okay, I can look at Okay, there you go. Answer the question. Okay. One question was, can I support a gay candidate that's gay? Yeah, because the mayor of Houston, whatever her name was, Whitberg or Whitten or Whiting or whatever her name was, she was the first gay mayor. But yeah, I can support a, I can support a gay person. I'm kidding about that. Now, the okay. second part of that question was, do I think that gay marriage is right or something along that line of? Yes. Is, isn't that what you asked me? Yeah, I'm what asking. Do you, do you do you support gay marriage? I mean, as a as a Christian, do you support gay marriage? No. No, I do not. But you support a gay do candidate. I I support a gay candidate because I don't think who you sleep with got anything to do with if you know politics or not. All right, so but let me ask you this now. I'm glad you said that. Okay, go ahead and finish your thoughts. I'm going to throw something else in. I know you're going to get some. Go ahead. Let me, let me finish that. So you're going to get some, some emails. My brother and I was gay. Okay. And I said was because my brother okay. passed away. My brother was gay. Then my brother, and that was back when gays were hiding. Like, you got, and people hated you if you were gay. So my brother mm. was gay. But my brother okay. also liked women. So he married her. They had my nephew. But then he decided okay. he did not want to be heterosexual. So then he went and he lived with his friend. And they died together with HIV when it first came out. And But all three of them were the best of friends. So I say... I, I don't think that you should go and do some vows and be married... In, in a church, no. But if you want to live with that person as your spouse, like shacking or whatever y'all want to call it, that's fine with me because that's between you and God. But if you ask me, do I want to well, have some gays to go to church before God and get married, I'm going to say no. But I, I don't care if y'all want to shack 
or I, I don't care nothing about that. And I don't care if you're gay and you're political because who you sleep with ain't got nothing to do with you raising my taxes. So I know okay, y'all can so, send so, gay some emails and some text messages. I, I, I don't care about that. But that's I where care. I am I with that. Because my brother was gay. My brother bought my first okay. car. Him and his lover bought my first car. So I don't care about that. All right, tell you what. All right, let me step in, Vanessa, because I want to get everybody's comments on this, but we have to take a break. We're at the bottom of the hour. You listen to the serious side. Coming up next, the smartest man in the world has just checked in. We're going to hear from him, Jerome Esprit. Plus, I want to get Johnny's remarks, and I want to get uh, Mr. Elias's remarks. The show's going to kind of go off the, 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 the beaten path, per se, because I, I think this is important. That's a good question, I want okay. to continue to skip. Uh, well, we're going to have a good – we're going to have a good – discussion about it. If we have to, it's going to take as much time as we need. So, hey, if we have to blow the schedule out, so be it. All right, in this week's edition of Informed Minutes of something that, that you need to know as parents, you always have to try to teach your kids right from wrong and tell them how they should react to different things in public. That challenges even more as an African-American uh, uh, family or African-American parent because, you know, especially parents of young men. You have to tell them how to respond and react when they are stopped by police. So in this week's edition of Informative, so that's something that you need to know. We're going to talk about how do you have that difficult conversation with your young son. You listen to the serious side. More on the other side on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio at its best. We'll be right back after this. This is unspoken, cold. Of white of of racism and white supremacy that says that my life doesn't matter. And say and cooperate and say that I'm choking and still be killed and then there's no repercussion. It's maddening. I get so frustrated and angry um, about um, having to prepare my kids for something that that they're not responsible for. And these are conversations that. People of other races do not have to have with their children. The conversation with him was really just, look, you're a beautiful young boy. Being an African American is a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful blessing. You have come from great people, but it's also a hard thing. In America, because of your skin color, as a black boy and as a black man, we are going to be dealing with a lot of danger. Under no circumstance. Are you to talk to the police if you're arrested until I get there? Do what they say. Don't get into any arguments. Make sure your hands are out of your pockets so they can see. These are the questions you can ask. This is who to call. This is this is what happens if this bad thing. thing. It's not like, please, master, don't whip me. No, it's like, excuse me, sir, what is your badge number? I'm going to film this. If you want police brutality to stop, if you want police to treat you like a human being, then you you have to see yourself as a human being. You have every right in this world that anyone else does. What I love about you as my son is I remember when we thought about having you and, you know, knowing that we wanted you and watching you grow. You are the Muhammad Ali, you are the Malcolm X, you are the Martin Luther King. You are an amazing young man, and the future is yours. And I will do my best to make sure you're safe. That's it. I love you.
Today, about one in five Americans is living with a disability. Over 50 million people, including many of our friends and neighbors, teachers and co-workers, heroes and leaders. 20 years ago, the Americans with Disabilities Act guaranteed every person the right to live, work, and participate fully in the American experience. We've come a long way since then, and we are committed to making even more progress in the years ahead. Visit disability.gov to see how you can help. And look, this is the same thing they did to Barack. Yes. This is this is not new to us. And so I think that um, we know what they're trying to do. Welcome back in. That was Senator Kamala Harris when she was asked, when she was approached, or broached the question, is she black enough? We're going to try to tackle that topic in this set as well. But we started going down this interesting conversation path about African Americans and the gay community, and we talked about how uh, you know, uh, Pete, Mayor Pete is not getting any traction in the African-American community. We talked about, hey, we can support that guy, you know, if he had policy, but he's really not saying anything that makes any sense. And then Vanessa gave us an answer right before the break saying, hey, look, she doesn't believe in gay marriage, but she can support a gay candidate. And it made me say, hmm, I want to continue this conversation on the other side because I'm going to throw something right back at them. See what type of response I get from my colleagues. But before we do that, let me uh, let me get uh, first of all. Let me introduce the smartest man in the world, Mr. Jerome Spree. Has uh, blessed us with his presence. Good morning, sir. How are you? Hey, good morning. I'm good, man. How are you? Doing outstanding. Good now, morning, Jerome. I want to get uh, hey, good morning. I want to get uh, get Johnny's remarks here. Then I want to hear what Jerome has to say. Uh, but Johnny, let me, let me let me same question for you. I mean, can you support? Do you support gay marriage? And can, can you support a candidate that's a homosexual? As far as gay marriage, no, I, I don't support that. And uh, as far as a candidate, um, if if the politics and, and if the agenda and the vision is correct, then that's perfectly fine. Uh, but as far as the, 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 the gay marriage, no, I don't support it. Um, there was a referendum came out. A couple of years ago, where you know, voting, and I know that it was divisive within the black church here in in, in my state that I live in. You know, you had well-known pastors who was you know saying yes, and then of course you had some of the 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 members indicate no. But uh, and honestly, no, I I believe that marriage is between uh, a man and a woman, and I will never, never. go off of my boundaries just for the appeasement of, of others. So as far as a person doing a job, I, you know, I, I work with individuals who are openly um, gay and homosexual and, and transgender uh, today, and I don't treat them any differently. You know, you do what you do. But when it comes down to whether or not I believe that the matrimony between people, I believe that is a man and a woman, and I will stick with that until the end of my time. All right, so now before I get your remarks on this one, Jerome, let me throw this out here because I know you have a response for this. This is the reason why I want to interject this before I uh, turn the mic over to Jerome. Now, if we're saying that we don't support, you know, gay marriage, man, man, woman, woman, but we can support a gay politician, how does that make us any different from evangelicals who support Donald Trump? Because Donald Trump goes against everything that they represent. But each week on this show, at some point in time, we say, hey, you know, how can you sit here and support a man who talks about grabbing women by their coochies? But, but we're 
kind of saying the same thing, unless I'm looking at this backwards. So now let me swing around to oh, you, Jerome, and no, yeah, let me let me let Jerome let me let Jerome let me get Jerome's comments. And I knew you guys. I knew that was ra- I knew that would raise some hair on the back of somebody's neck. I want to get Jerome's comments. I want to get Mr. Elias's comments, and then we can throw it back out there, and you guys can respond or rebut what I just said, Jerome. Could you support a gay, uh, gay? Uh, do you support gay marriage? Which I pretty much know the answer to that question. And, and can you support a gay candidate if their politics were in line with yours? Um. Okay. Well, I don't. Okay, I am very neutral on this because I, I don't think I, I don't contemplate it at all. But I don't support it, and I don't. Um, I don't condone it. I have a live and let live policy, personally. So. Okay. Um, just from that perspective, I don't, I, I don't even think it's a conversation um, to be had, right? So if you're going to ask people in the church, the church should be allowed to. I, I have a, a friend of mine who's gay. I remember I had this conversation with her because um, she she owns a business, and we were talking about something, and she was talking about the church that she went to did not support gay marriage, and she felt some kind of way about it. Um, and I said to her. Pick another church Because my response is Is that you're allowed Like you should have the freedom To support whatever Like whatever your Religious doctrine is That's just what it is And that doesn't make you Equivalent to the crazy Evangelicals Because they're damn sure hypocrites So it doesn't Those are false equivalents So when As we were having a conversation I made sure that I said Listen You know As far as is concerned you know, nobody has to have anything against gay folks one way or another, but we should not be contemplating who anybody's having sex with, for one. I don't think that's a religious issue. But as far as what that church wants to do, whatever ceremonies that they want to have, it's up to that doggone church. And I think we should have freedom. Because as you look at this, and the reason why gay folks always put this on black people, like we're being rigid and we hate gay people and all that, they play that civil rights stuff on us, but nobody supports black people when something happens to black folks. So you can't come and ask a black person that if you're not supporting gay rights, then technically you're against us. Because we don't go to all white people and say, you're not supporting civil rights, so all white people are against us. We can't use things against them that they use against us, you know? And so I don't, I don't have a, a feeling about it one way or another. And I remember I was doing a campaign, and the candidate said, you know, I I didn't, well, the response was that they thought that I was kind of anti-gay or something. I don't know what it was. And I said, my response is the exact same. If you're looking at them as a lobbying group, because it's just a bunch of gay folks that got together, it'll be like a black lobbying group, right? If a bunch of black folks got together by the candidate, do you think that's a black coalition or a gay coalition or white? If a bunch of white folks get together, you're like, oh, this is my white constituency, or do you just see them as people? So I can't, I'm not parsing people like I don't do that with old people or young people. You know, when they say, hey, the polling says the old people are saying this and the young people are saying that is just putting one side against the other. Live your life and leave everybody else alone, but don't, you don't have to put that in my house. Putting it in my house is a whole nother is a whole nother story. So we have to be careful about these kind of conversations and then having people raise their energy and say, ooh, they don't support gay marriage. They can do whatever they want to in their church. Black people are always subject 
to making sure that black people accept everybody. Because when you're in a black community, you can have five black people, and if there's not one white person there, a white person will complain and say, how come you don't handle black people? And then some black people will say the same thing. I think that each group needs to be able to establish whatever their personal ethics and boundaries are and live by them. As long as they're not harming the other side, leave them alone. Mr. Elias, your, your remarks. Then I want to push back on something. Well, your remarks, Mr. Elias. What do you well, think? Bottom line is, I I, I, I agree with uh, Vanessa and Johnny. Man, I, I, you know, I believe a marriage is supposed to be between a man and a woman, but that doesn't stop you from being able to do your job. You know, the bottom line is, if you're a better candidate for the job than than say whoever, okay, I would vote for the, I'd, I'd vote for the better candidate. You know, that's just that's just my opinion. So, bottom line, yes, I would vote for a, a gay candidate, you know, because if he's a better candidate, he's a better candidate. But as far as uh, a marriage, I believe it's supposed to be between a man and a woman. That's just my opinion. So now, how are y'all any different than evangelical Christians? And I know Vanessa and Johnny was biting at the bits. You guys, the floor is yours. How is this any different? If you're saying that, you know, evangelicals, how can you support a man who has, who has committed adultery in his wife, a man who, who has fondled women, who has did all, he is just the antichrist. But you guys support him because he's getting Supreme Court justices on the bench. How is this any different? Any one of you guys can take that. Well, Jay. Take, uh, well, me, okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead, Miss Vanessa. My, Jay, I don't think it's the same thing. I think okay. that this is me, and if I don't say it right, I'm sorry. I'm just doing the best I can okay. without stepping on toes. Okay, so what I have been taught for 57 years as a Christian, the gay marriage just goes against what I have been taught. I don't care if they live together. And I don't compare... Wait a minute now. What about the Bible, Vanessa? No, no, because living together and going and saying vows is two different things, Jay. Both of them are sins, but go ahead. Both of them are sin, but you didn't ask me about that. You asked me okay, about gay marriage. <laughs> so right. I'm, I'm answering. You didn't say nothing about shacking. You said, okay. right. you said right. gay marriage. I don't care who My you bad. I don't care who I you roll in the bed with. But when it comes okay. to vows between two people, I believe that those vows should be between a man and a woman. That is me. I don't, I don't think... That that one thing that we do has anything to do with them supporting the Antichrist. I do believe that. I, I do not. Now, they are supporting a man who degrades women. They are supporting a man who um, has apparently been friends and hanging out with people who find those children. That he, I mean, they are dealing with a man who is so beyond sexual pervert being a pervert that I can't even fathom. So me, Vanessa, just, and, and like I said, I, my brother was gay. I love him to death. I ain't got nothing to do with any of them. They just like me. But when it comes okay. to the vows, Jay, the vows, I don't care who they sleep mm. with, chat with, live with, sleep beside, 
But vows are mm-hmm. different. I've been married 37 okay. years. Vows are different. Not shacking. I have said I do for 37 years, and I'm 57 years old. So, well, actually, I'm 56. So, you know <laughs> what? I, I just, I, I can't compare that. And I don't understand how the evangelicals can even support him because of Supreme Court justices. That's stupid to me. But you know what? We all they, they, they believe it, Vanessa. They believe in a woman's, they, look, they believe in the fact that a baby should be, you know, there's no abortions. They don't believe in abortions. That's what, you know, that's what the Bible, according to them, the Bible said, look, no, you can't sit here and kill a, destroy human life. They don't believe in abortion. So they, they support this man. Choose, they pick and choose, Jay, exactly. what they, yep. they, 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 choose. Oh, they want to believe in as a Christian. <laughs> they can those say the same thing about serious, you. Those are serious hypocrites. No. What do you mean the same thing about okay. me? I'm saying I don't believe in a lifestyle. Because you can make a decision about my finances or my taxes or whatever that the the president does, and you sleep, you roll over on one side and you have sex with a man, and then you roll over on the other side and you have sex with a woman. That ain't got nothing to do with when you wake up the next morning and take your shower and put your suit on, going to that room and make a decision about politics. Now, let's just lay it out. Right, let, Who you screwing right, let me get, let, ain't let me, got let me, nothing to do with. All right, Vanessa, calm down. Let me get, listen, we only have, listen, Vanessa, 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 we only have two hours. Let, let's, get, let's get Johnny. Johnny, come on, brother. Okay. Let me hear what you have to say. Right. I know you, you wanted to review, too. Go ahead, man. All right. I'll tell you what, it's getting hot in here, but we're going to leave on our hands. <laughs> so let's, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, come on, now. Come on, now. Jay, I, I tell you what, now, now, now the majority of the time you are, you are, you and I are in line, and you may just be uh, just facilitating the conversation, but I really don't I think that there's a comparison in, in regards to evangelicals. Uh, evangelicals has proven over the last decade when that name first started, at least to me, being prominent. These are the same individuals who will take the same scriptures of the Bible and, and convince you or try to convince the American people that slavery uh, is, 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 is moral. So they, they support immoral individuals who are extreme. So I think they hide behind that title of this white righteousness, which is false in and of itself. So the comparison of those who don't uh, believe in um, same-sex marriages and compare them to the evangelical, I think that that comparison is is, is unfair. But nevertheless, nevertheless, um, I do, do strongly believe this here. A person has a right to do whatever they choose to do. I just don't have to believe in it, okay? So I've got my lifestyle, I've got Hallelujah. what I and my values, and, and for that reason alone, um, and I guess that's why years ago um, I, I developed what, what I call this fourth world concept. You know, you know, you, you, you've got third world countries, and then you've got, you know, my, my existence of the fourth world, which simply means that, you know, you do what you do. If it don't impact or affect me, then that's where we can stay in the gray. But as far as what I believe and what I'm taught and what I read, then I've got every right to my opinion. I don't discriminate against anybody. I don't treat anybody bad. I'm not out there, you know, protesting in front of anyone's house. But when it comes down to it, and even from entitlements, okay, even from entitlements, you know, 
partners having the same uh, benefit packages as, as individuals who who are married. So it's a lot of, 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 of things that, that we can talk about, and this show could take three hours. And, and I would be okay if people refute that. But I'm saying from my standpoint, okay, I don't believe in it, and I think the comparison to, to those beliefs and evangelicals are unfair. Um, I sat here and I, I pulled up the polling uh, for South Carolina, and you know you, you got um, a Congressman Claiborne, and and he talked mm-hmm. about young and old. But then I'm looking at Cory mm-hmm. Booker polling at three percent in South Carolina, and Camelia Harris six percent in South Carolina. So tell me this right here: If mm-hmm. African Americans are so set against Buttigieg, then why are the two African American candidates polling so low? Castro was polling at I think two percent. Um, so once again, once again, it, it to me, his his comment may have been something that he believes in, but I think the the, the vast masses of, 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 of people, okay, and I'm not just going to say African Americans, but since the topic was about African Americans, I don't think people really feel that way. Now, do will I sit back and say that, that African Americans in, in a large scale support same-sex marriages? I would probably venture to say no. But will they be discriminatory and not vote against a person or not champion for a person because of? I just don't see that being the vast majority. Yeah, do you have some extremists who will sit back and play that tune? I, indeed, because there's no perfect, there's no perfect um, culture, there's no perfect person. So yeah, you gonna have people who are gonna do that right there. But I think as a masses, I think it really is about the fact that it's the politics. Versus the re- the reality that is is, is um, same sex marriage. Interesting, you bring the polling numbers up. You know, the thing is, is that we can say that, but but I've 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 attended a, a number of African American churches, and I've sat in 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 the, in the congregation and listened to pastors really go in. I mean, I remember when President Obama supported this. Uh, my goodness, there were a group of black pastors that came out and said, "Hey, we love you, friends, but." Uh, you know, you're going against what the Bible says. And, and, and I, I remember sitting in a, in a congregation listening to a, a, a bishop, and, uh, and I was sitting back there thinking, oh, my God, listen to this. Listen to this. And I'm thinking as, okay, a, a worldly person would be like, oh, my God, he is preaching. Hey, he's talking about them having eternal damnation. And, I mean, he was going all in. And the congregation was all up in arms, like, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. And I said, my Lord. I said, it sounds like, it, 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 he was like, look, this is what the book said. I don't care what the man says, this is right. what the book right. says. Right. So it's interesting, right. it's interesting that, um, so it's just interesting the fact that you say, you, you brought up Kamala Harris and you brought up uh, Cory Booker. You know, listen, I, exactly. the reason why Pete booted it, but the reason. But the reason why I brought the reason why we bring him up is because in the first two states, this guy is like right there within the margin of error. So it's like, well, you know, there's no way he's going to win a Democratic nomination with no support from the African American community. And so it, it, it made us think, okay, but then why is that so? And when Clyburn made his comments, and then you know Kamala Harris came out and said what she said, I think when she went after Biden, she was done. She was toast. Speaking of her. Uh, let's right. get into what time is it? Let, let's see, let, let's see what, let's do this. Why don't we step out real quick? And we're going to change the whole show. So whatever's on the marquee, forget it. We're not going to talk about Lindsey Graham because we don't have time. We'll, you know, we, we can table that. Uh, Blacks and Biden, we can we can talk about that a little later. Maybe this will bleed into this next conversation. I want to talk about her. Talk about Kamala Harris. Why is she polling so well? Let's let's take a quick break, and then we'll have yeah, that conversation on the other her. side. <laughs> 
<laughs> you sound like you have something to say. All right, we'll be right back <laughs> to the serious side of the J. Rowell Show. We'll be right back after this. Good stuff. Good stuff. Also, real quick, I want to say what's up to Marietta Music. She is in Houston. We'll talk about that on the other side. You're listening to the serious side. It is the best Sunday morning online radio show, period. Hi, I'm Jay, the host of the serious side of the TGRS, and I'm asking you to come join me and my friends for some serious conversation before you go to church. It's the serious side of the TGRS. Have this every Sunday morning, 9 a.m. Central Standard Time, right here on the BTR Radio Network.
It's coming for us. I mean, temperatures, especially at night, you're going to be noticing a big change here going not just below average, but record breaking in some cases. So this is a Tuesday morning's lows. You can see down to one in International Falls, seven in Minneapolis. There will be some people that dip below zero for sure. I mean, look at all the single digits down through Nebraska and parts of Kansas, and we're in the teens around St. Louis. This is for Tuesday morning. So here is a look at what happens uh, taking place here. Temperatures are going down. The wind will make it feel worse if there is any wind out there. And then you can see that cold air sinking all the way down to the Gulf Coast. And we're talking 20 to 35 degrees below average. And in some cases, this cold is going to be rivaling usually the coldest time of the year, which is December, January, and February. So it's going to be really brutal out there, especially for those of us who aren't quite used to the cold. Take a look at all these dots on the map representing where we could break some records in terms of how warm it gets during the day. In other words, it's not going to be warm. It's going to be cold. So take a look. Shreveport only getting up to a high of 43. That's within one uh, degree of your record. Uh, Little Rock only getting up to 37 degrees. That's also within one. But Louisville, look at our forecast temperature for you guys. 29 degrees. That is certainly going to break that record of 32. And we're looking at records that could fall across the Northeast as well, especially Burlington only getting up to 27 degrees. Uh, likely to break the old record by two. And Buffalo, 24 degrees. And the old record, 31. So that's a big difference. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two is the call number. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. You listen to the serious side of the J Rob Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network online radio and its best. And as always, I want to say good morning to our crew, the lovely crew who brings it to you every Sunday morning. First up, let's bring it up. Say what's happening to my big sis. What's going on, Vanessa? How you doing? Calm down. Ooh, honey, it is on fire in here this morning. Good morning. <laughs> and your and your and your partner in crime, the one and only Mr. Johnny D in the place to be. What's going on, man? Good morning. How are you, sir? <laughs> good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. And the man who's actually with the referee doing that segment, the one and only Mr. Jerome Esprit. What's going on, Jerome? How you doing? <laughs> He's in the house, I promise you. And the man who gets the first and last word here on the serious side, the one and only Mr. L to the E to the S. What's up, bro? How you doing? I am good. I am good, man. Always a day late and a dollar short. Mariana Music, that is Maybe Baby by Ptolemy. And I'll be in Houston next week. So, wow. I know. I won't day be late here to fly. So. Really? Let's go eat. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, Mariana, what's happened Mary. Marianne is actually staying downtown. Uh, she reached out to me last night. I got the week's mixed up. I thought she was going to be in next week. She's here this week, and she's fly- well, she's here this weekend. She's flying out later tonight. And um, Mary, oh boy, I tell you what, so I don't know if we're going to be able to get together because what our church's uh, um, dedication uh, ceremonies this afternoon. So matter of fact, I have to leave the show early to go take care of that. So, uh, boy, we may get together. Hopefully, we can get together to take some pictures. Well, I heard her God, I was hoping it was next weekend. <laughs> yeah, go somewhere. Maybe Vanessa, if you're Vanessa. I don't know if we can try to hook up. Boy, I tell you what, I'd love to see her. But uh, she's listening. Good morning, ma'am. How are you? Mr. Elias, man, who's in the chat room checking us out as well? We can do Vegas. We got, Vegas. Uh, we got Covina Man in there, of course. Uh, Bobo Bright and Easy. 
Oh, they haven't pissed you off this morning. You know, hey, the secret around the show is <laughs> if they make him mad, he will not announce their names on the air. So they must have been playing pretty nice this morning. Also, what's up to the pastor? What's going on to you? Peggy. Peggy says she knows me. Peggy, I don't know you. Maybe you know me from the show. I just don't know it, Peggy. But what's going on, Peggy? How you doing? Pretty Ricky, that's what they call me. Checked in. You listen to the J. Rod show. What's up, brother? I haven't heard from you in a minute, unless you know, unless you've been listening. You haven't met, haven't let us know your presence been known. So what's up to you? What's happening to all the folks listening as well? Like I mentioned just a few minutes ago, got to get out of here early. So no, no chatterbox unless Mr. Elias is going to read it from the chat room. Unfortunately, we won't be able to read anything from social media. Speaking of social media, if you want to stay in contact with the show, you can always check us out on social media. Go on Google and just. Type in the serious side, that's S-E-R-I-O-U-S-I-D-E, all one word, and it should bring up all the different places where you can get in contact with the show. Plus, you can also go to the j Raw Show on Instagram and follow us there as well. Try to keep that content updated as much as possible. So if you want to stay in contact with the show, or you can just Google the TJRS Radio Network on Google. This should bring up all the different places where you can listen to the show every Sunday morning. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for making us a part of your day as we continue down this pathway of the highway called Trump. It's God when we're going to get off. All right. This show, once again, <laughs> cut off the rails. Because the conversation is getting good, so we kind of go where the conversation leads us. So now I want to talk about uh, Kamala Harris because actually, as we were speaking during the commercial break, I was watching AM Joy, and they were talking about the same thing. How does media cover certain candidates? And they're thinking maybe there's some foul play here, where the media is focusing on certain candidates and they're playing favorites, and other candidates are not getting the necessary airplay they need to be relevant especially on the Democratic side as we begin this, uh, you know, this presidential election season. So Kamala Harris, she's not polling well with African-Americans. She's not doing well at all. Uh, since she had an attack on Joe Biden, which we covered here on the show, she had that little bump, but then all of a sudden she has plummeted. Now she's not even mentioned when it comes to any of the top candidates. And so as we talk about how African-Americans feel about certain candidates, we talked about how African-Americans may not be voting for a Buddhist because, you know, he's, he's gay and he has a gay, you know, he's a husband. Can it be the fact that Kamala Harris is not getting any traction because of her situation? She was asked, was she black enough during a visit with uh, the Breakfast Club? And uh, here's what the senator had to say. We'll talk on the other side. So I was born in Oakland. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um and raised in the United States except for the years that I was in high school in Montreal, Canada. And look, this is the same thing they did to Barack. Yes. This is it, this is not new to us. And so I think that um we, we know what they're trying to do. They're trying to do what has been happening over the last 2 years, which is powerful voices trying to sow hate and division among us. Mm-hmm. And so we need to recognize when we're being played. She said us. She talked about how they're trying to sow hate amongst us. And the fact that we've seen this script before, President Obama, we know what's going on here. We need to, you know, not uh, fall for the banana in the tailpipe. But a lot of people are looking at Kamala Harris like, you came out, you know, all oh, sister this, ha, 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 all visiting all the black shows and doing all these different things. And all of a sudden, there's a picture of her standing up there with, next to her white husband. And so now, is this sister in the struggle? Let me start this conversation off uh, with you, Jerome. 
What do you think, man? Do you think, uh, well, why do you think that she's not really getting any traction during this election season? And do you think the fact that she wants to all of a sudden embrace African American culture, you know, she, you know, she graduated from an all from a uh, historically black college, all these different things, and then she goes and marries a white man? Which I know a lot of brothers say, you know, well, that's the blue-eyed devil. So you're gonna run to the enemy. Why can't you just find a brother that can, you know, do those things? So, what do you think, man? About yeah, I don't know if that that's the the whole story, right? Like that, just because she didn't marry somebody black is her issue. I think her issue is is that she, like for her thing, they're doing this to us. When was the last time you heard Kamala refer to black people as us? Only in front mm-hmm. of black people, right? Right. If you so so, it looks a little strange to most black people. It's like, yeah, first of all, I would never do the Breakfast Breakfast Club. If I was running for political office, just want to say that for the record and saying that when you're running for office, people try to show that they're down. So the reason that they use like black outlets generally is so that they're down with black folks. I think the thing with Hmm. President Obama when when he was running is that Obama kind of eked out his blackness as he was going. Right. You know, like, as he was talking, every now and then he said, look, um, I'm, he said, I might be nice. He, he said, I'm, I might seem calm, but I'm wiry and I'm fast. Like, he, he, he let us blackness. He was like, <laughs> he said, I'll whoop your boot if you do something to me. Like, he would say that, but he would say that in a way that black folks could, you know, we relate to it a little bit differently. And Michelle did the same thing, right? They watched their words and they crafted their words. Kamala does not come off authentic. I know she went to Howard. I right. think she's an AKA, I think. We know that she has some blackness networking, but there are some black people who don't want to be black. And I think that turns black people off. So when you try to prove mm. that you're black, that's a whole nother ball game. You cannot mm. prove that you're black. That's the last thing you want to do when you're running for office is um, try to prove that you're something. Like, I remember a race that this woman, she was, she was Mexican. She was born in Mexico. She couldn't speak Spanish. So when she goes around Hispanic people and she's like, I'm your people, they're like, mm-hmm. Right? If you have to say that, I would never say that I'm black. You'll figure that out in about 10 seconds. Especially oh, they can. Outside of the show. <laughs> you will figure that yeah. out in about 10 seconds. Yeah. It's not that hard. So she has a, she no, has no, a problem. They, yeah, especially with Especially with you, Jerome, they know you probably have a public invitation somewhere. <laughs> you know that possession. I'm masking while I'm ha- while I'm on this <laughs> show, right? <laughs> because, because black people are bilingual. So, you know yeah. what I mean? We, we understand that about each other. And so you can see that that comes off authentic no matter what arena that we're in. There are two cultures running here very parallel. So when you're black and you have to tell somebody that you're black or prove that you're black or to prove that you're down... You're like one of those clowns that come into the hood and turn your hat backwards when you know your head ain't shaped like that. <laughs> like it's like you don't look like you wear your hat like that. <laughs> I'm just joking. My bad. <laughs> I no, that's pretty bad. good though. That's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's pretty good. I I I think I I'm, don't want to really critique her too much as a woman, but I'll just say this: she does not do a good job of being authentic. Her policies towards black people, like Kavina Man said on the show before, people in the Bay know who she is. You cannot have no policy 
that says that if your child is truant, we're going to arrest the parents. Because we know as black people that that's targeting black folks who work. So you got to take time off your job to go to court. And kids skip school, right? She's been, she was a kid before. You don't hold a parent responsible for every thing that your child does because they're little souls and they do what they do sometimes. But she was punishing black people unjustly, and she stood by that policy, as well as she stood by other policies where, uh, and things that she said, like black people, if they get a job, there wouldn't be as much trouble. Well, that doesn't stop me from getting shot. No, she said that? Yes, Camilla said that. She's taking flack from black people for stuff that she's saying that affects black people while she's saying, hey, I'm down. I'm from Oakland. I like too short. Like she's saying that. That that, that ain't fooling nobody. (laughs) It's fooling nobody. It's interesting you say that, the fact that, you know, and I think that Mr. Elias, Cory Booker is having the same problem. I mean, people are looking at these folks saying that, oh, I live in a black, you know, I live in the ghetto and all this other stuff. And they think maybe you're doing this because at some point in time, you know, there's, a, you know, it's like it's like premeditated, right? You know, I'm going to run for president in three years. So let me tell you what, in order for me to get my, my black card, let, let me go ahead and stay in this area. And I'm not saying that's what he did, but when it looks, like he said, it looks disingenuous. It looks, you know, with, with Kamala Harris, especially with her. You know, the fact that, you know, oh, hi, girl, girl, oh, girl, yeah. You know, you talk like that when you're trying to get black votes or going on the breakfast club. And, by the way, I do agree with you, uh, Jerome. I would never go on that, that that show. But, anyway, the bottom line is, Mr. Elias, I feel the same way as going on with Cory Booker. Do you think the fact that Kamala Harris, you know, her, you know, her being – authentic when it comes to being a true sister. Do you think that's a problem with her especially? And I still say, I know a lot of people said the same thing. Hey, look here, you're talking about black this and black that and you want to do all this but then you go home to your white your white educated husband. I mean, your husband that's a white dude that's, uh, I mean, come on. I know a lot of sisters that ain't down with that, man. What's for you? Well, you know, so, man, I, I, I really didn't get into her until Covina, man, brought it to my attention as far as all the things she did against, uh, you know, black folks out in California, she was the attorney general out there. And, and Covina man, man brought a lot of stuff. Yeah, he brought a lot of Getting stuff. Getting a lot to of shout-outs this morning. Do it on Covina Man. Yeah. Hey, go ahead. Yeah, he brought a lot of stuff to the forefront as far like what Jerome said with the, uh, with the parents. And then, you know, as, as far as uh, some of her, her, um, her, her policies, man, which was, you know, Straight at black folks, man. So, you know, I can't, I can't remember some of the stuff that he was telling me, but he, I looked up some of the stuff and it was, it was right on target, man. You know, well, Tulsi Gabbard went after her, uh, doing, yeah. Tulsi Gabbard went after yeah. her during one of the debates. And matter of fact, when she went after uh, her, uh, uh, Johnny, she looked like a lot of people were saying that she looked like a deer caught in the headlights, that it caught her completely off guard, and that she didn't really have a response to what. Tosi was saying when they, when she went after her record. So, same question for you, man. Do you think it's a situation where you're trying to be authentic, but at the same time, you know, you know, look who's coming to dinner. You got Mr. Whitey next to you. Are you trying to be all black and things? What's to you? Well, I'll start off by addressing the, the Tosi Gabbard. Um, when your comments are are, are true. In, in a sense, mm-hmm. there's not a lot of response that can come back. So I think that's probably uh, what caught her off guard because you know th- there was no there was no 
parallel to to responding because the majority mm-hmm. of what the young lady said was true. I do think that she has an authenticity uh, issue. Um, who 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 are you gonna get today versus tomorrow? Um, you know, we can we can set back and say that the media is showing some partiality. She had her finest moment, and then after that, she fizzled out. So you know that that comes with the territory. You know, we 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 have a guy, a criminal that we that we that the media broadcasts every single day. Doesn't mean he's doing good stuff. It just means the fact mm-hmm. that that he is he is in the news. Um, the electability, I think, has a lot to do with it. I just think that there's a portion of Americans who feel like you know that. In order to beat Donald Trump, you're going to have to be a white male, you know. So from that standpoint, she's already going to have some detraction simply because she's a minority uh, candidate. And then you, 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 you equate the fact that, uh, that, that, that she is an African-American female, then the electability may not be as appealing to most. Um, it, it, it bothers me oftentimes when... The question comes up about black enough. Now, she referenced the fact that 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 they okay. Now, in this instance, I'm I'm assuming that she's referencing they as meaning uh, white Americans, Caucasian Americans, Hispanic Americans, whoever she may be referencing as they. But in essence, we question our blackness more than than any other race. Uh, that can do it to us. We we always we ain't well, backing up or they they not down and so forth and so on. So when she sets back and say they, then she really needs to to get a reality touch because we are our our most critical um, critics when it comes to to who we are as, as a people. We ain't black enough because we ain't suffered enough. So you know we, we we can really go there from that standpoint. Some of the things that I think is is is, is hypocritical is this here. As, as, as a people, as a foundation who should be looking at putting before our young minds individuals who are making a difference in the community, individuals who may be successful in the community. And I just think that the fact that I hear some people say because she was a prosecutor that they villainized her because of that. Really? I mean, you've got some criminals out there who need to be incarcerated, need to be in prison. So who can put them there? If we're not going to be part of the judicial system, then we're going to always be a step behind. We can't always be the defense attorney, okay? There has to be someone out there voicing uh, our concerns and, and, and putting forth the fact that, you know, we're going to support the laws that's on the book. So I think that I think that is, 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 is demeaning to us as a people when we sit back and we say, okay, we're not going to, to, to somewhat support this candidate or support that person or, or, or we, we villainize those individuals who are in the criminal justice system, particularly prosecutors. Now, my last point is this here. You look at all of these athletes, entertainers, and successful African-American men, and they have white wives. So if this successful African-American female has a white husband, then there's no difference, okay? But we, we, we look at that differently, okay? But yet you look at, you know, and, and I'm just going to say this billion-dollar sports industry, the vast majority of them got these, uh, now, now, they, now they phrase them as eroticas, okay? But they're not African-American females. 
So they have gone out and married into another race, and we applaud that, and we don't say anything. We turn a blind eye, and we act like, okay, that's okay. But now let let, let African-American female marry a, a, a Caucasian male or a Hispanic male or Asian male, and we run them across the railroad tracks as if, okay, you know, they, they, they done sold out. Those are the type of things that we have to, as a community, set back and really reevaluate ourselves because times have changed. They really truly have. So as far as Camilla Harris as a candidate, to me, her electability, her authenticity is that question. The fact that she's a prosecutor, I applaud that. If, if, if she found someone who she cares about who happens to be another race, then you know what, so be it. Um, I do agree with this here. I do agree that, that, that you don't go in the breakfast club, I mean, and, and talk about who you are because, you know, that, that whole form and that whole agenda is not as productive and not as receptive as the venue that you have here on the serious side. They are there to condemn you and shred you and, and, and draw contracts and have points of contention. So, you know, her in her desperation, she reached out to probably one of the worst media sources that they are. So what I suggest this right here, all of, all of our fine folks in California, um, the Kavina man and all the rest of them, let give give her this number right here so she can call the serious side. Absolutely, I'm still mad at President Obama, then Senator Obama, because we had him, we had him booked for the serious side. Then you know, all of a sudden they they canceled out on us. Man, I'm still pissed off behind that. All right, Vanessa, let me get your take on this. What do you think? You think well, why do you think she's not registering with African Americans? So what do you think was going on with her? Okay, let me start here. First, I liked her, and then I started paying attention because once I like you, I want to start digging into your business before I say if I'm going to place you, put you on Facebook <laughs> that I'm supporting you. So first okay. of all, she uses she uses blackness when she wants to use her blackness. Okay, mm-hmm. I could care less about her husband being white, purple, green, orange, or whatever, because I don't care mm-hmm. about who people sleep with. But let me say this. She is the one for California as the DA that has that three strike law in effect where it includes misdemeanors. Okay? Who needs to go to prison because they dropped a cigarette butt? I mean, let's keep moving. She was against the Proposition 8, which I could care less about gay marriage, but she was against it and was out there promoting it and having signs and stuff up. She's a DA. She shouldn't have been doing that. The next thing is when they tried to legalize less, when they tried to legalize marijuana in the state of California (laughs) and the DEA went to her and said, these are the surrounding states and areas that are making it legal. Would you please take marijuana off the DEA list? So people won't be going to prison for having a joint. You think she did that? No. Because who's nope. the ones going to jail with a joint? The black people. Next thing. Daniel Larson case in 1999, when they found that there was no evidence to keep this boy in jail and to yep. release him after all of these years, that heifer, and yeah, mm. I said it on a Sunday morning, yep. left yeah, that did. boy in jail Two more years that he had to stay just to get her point across. The next thing she did was they were having problems with children being snatched for um, uh, sex offenders, uh, 
being snatched, you know, for sex trafficking. Sex trafficking. The people yeah. in the community got an organization together and went to her and asked her, could they put some laws in place to help them with the sex trafficking? She said no. She didn't do nothing to help them. The next thing she did, um, yo, I mean, once I started digging, it's so much stuff. But when she made this comment recently, and I think I told Jerome she said this, and it might be true, but you don't say it. If black men had a job, they wouldn't be getting in so much trouble getting arrested. I was through with her. Yeah. I was mm. through. Well. So she pulls her blackness, and all this is on her on the website. So, and it goes on and on. I'm trying to get some of the highlights for y'all. It's just unbelievable how she believes in prosecuting and putting black, white, green, or purple people in prison for minor things. She hasn't done anything that I could see in her page to really help African-Americans, but she want to pull rank and call them out when she need them. I don't think that anybody being black should be out there to say, this is what I'm going to do for the black people, like everybody thought Obama should do so much for black people because he was a black president. But my Lord, don't get out there and call out that I'm so black when your record shows that you have put a record number of African-American men in prison over the amount of whites that you put in prison. And for you white people to sit there probably saying and thinking, well, if the black man did it, then he should have been in jail. Well, I'm sure it's a whole bunch of white ones that should have been there too, but she didn't put them in there. And she didn't leave them in there for an extra two years to prove a point. So as far as Harris goes, she's wasting her money. And her time, and these old black people, I'm going to say it again, ain't going to vote for her with that white man standing beside her. They not going to do it. And she's you know, wasting I, her money, and she's wasting her time. I, I thought she was jumping in the race for VP, honestly. Because her mm. name, like Vanessa said. She ain't going to get VP at this point. Oh, she's not. She took a shot at Biden like she ain't had no sense, and so that's out. Because white people are not going to support her. Y- y'all don't think y'all don't think she's going. You don't think that because we talked about this last week, you know. And I do agree with you, Jerome, that the Atlanta mayor should should really be, you know, should yeah. be taken under consideration for that second spot. But you don't think? Let's say that he doesn't go. Or, well, I don't know, Elizabeth Warren, Warren. We'll talk about that next week. I'm scared about that whole situation. But I've digressed. You know, but, right, let's say that Biden is a nominee. Let's say that Biden's a nominee. You don't think we we all agreed that color needs to be on that ticket. And it needs to be a female. I mean, she's basically. I don't think it needs to be color. That's why I disagree with you, Jay. I don't think, I don't so. think it should be color. I think it needs to be a minority. I'm a minority. Okay, well, minority. Okay, okay, minority. Okay, so okay, fine. Okay. I don't think that's a minority. A minority, be it black or be it a woman. I'm just can tired I, of two I, white men in the office. That's all. That's all I'm sick of. But it doesn't matter. Can really quick? Elizabeth Warren. Yeah. If she, she was not leading, leading. if she wasn't leading, then we would be saying, oh, it looks like another Hillary Clinton situation where they're coordinating um, oh, uh, Biden before his time. Yeah. Now that he he goes up and down in their polls, everybody's like, oh, now he looks weak. You cannot win, right? I think it's a good thing that Biden is not leading. 
which means when they start coalescing and his butt get back on top, everybody will be saying, oh, what a remarkable comeback story, right? We don't see the stuff coming out in, that, in advance. Like, we don't have foresight uh, when it comes to pundits on, on TV. But I know inside of the campaign, if I was doing Joe Biden's campaign right now, he is in a perfect spot. I would rather for him to be there than to have been leading for long periods of time. Because him leading is more problematic. And so um, there is no way that Warren is going to win. So when you talk about Warren and Buttigieg in very white states leading, that does not move me. So what? Right. Right? I agree with that. Right. But that's that's what the rave is now. It's like, oh, my God, Buttigieg is making the people are going after him. Is it his gayness that black people don't like? We don't give a damn about his gayness. The problem is that dude is not. But guess what, Jerome? Jerome, but Biden is leading. But Biden is leading, he's leading, beating Trump in four out of the five battleground no, I states. I know. And every time they do head-to-heads with anybody else other than Biden, the races are closer with Trump. So right. that's all I'm saying is that in the bigger picture, if just doing some analysis looking outside, I am telling you that he's mm. the best suited. The Democrats will bite their nose off and spite their face because, or cut it off, because what happens is that with the arrogance on the Democratic side, everybody's like, oh, it's my turn. It's her turn. Let's vote for a woman. I think it's time for that. And we do that, and you've seen what happened to Hillary Clinton. She just was not a good candidate. I don't care that she was a woman or not. She wasn't a good candidate. So she's when you play that, I see a thousand cracks in the glass ceiling, who are you getting excited? You know, and, and that is problematic in the bigger picture. So we but just kind of have nervous, to look What you say? But they but but I said, but Dems are nervous because look, I mean, look, now you have Bloomberg trying to nervous. jump in this thing, man. I mean, come on, man. I mean, the, Jesus Christ. First of all, the Dems are nervous because it's a big tent party. So mm. everybody, what what billionaires and millionaires think when they are investing money in campaigns, they're thinking about their own leverage. So they just keep their ear to the ground. And so long as. Um, how you raise money in a political campaign goes like this. The first thing you have to do before you jump into a race is you poll, right, because you need donors to give you money. So if the polling says that you're pretty popular, they'll give you some money. That way you can go out and try to get people on the ground. So what's going on is that Biden does not have a lot of money. But it's not that Biden's broke. Biden spent more money than all of them because he had to spend money because of the Trump stuff. So he's putting out commercials. He's spending his money. Well, all these guys, Bujas and them, can just save it. Biden has to spend money as he's going along. So it looks like he does not have a lot of money. But what the news says and what media says is like, oh, he don't have a lot of money, which means he don't have enough support. It's that more money is going out of Biden than coming in. So you know what that does. So their analysis is wrong on Biden, but it is weakening him as a candidate because once you keep yeah, putting something out over and over again, people start to believe it. So we're yep. talking about it like he's a weak candidate because they keep saying that. It's like, oh, he's weaker and she's strong. If you look at Elizabeth Warren rally or look at Buttigieg, it looks like a Donald Trump rally. They're just not as rabid and not wearing red. That's the, that's the biggest mm-hmm. difference. But they have no diversity. They have no plans for nothing. And the issue is is that you can keep talking over the heads of black folks if you want to. But the truth is, again, from my perspective, if I was doing 
um, overall analysis on this. I look at a state like Pennsylvania, and every time somebody talks about a state that Trump won, they say Trump won by 48,000 people. But in the reality is there's about 100,000 people who voted for Obama in the Philadelphia area by itself that did not vote. So if you would have just got more black people to vote for you, you would have overcame that 48,000 two to one. So instead of going to black people, they're like, let's go to rural white people. It is maddening to me because it's what white supremacy and racism is. Everything in this world is based around what white folks want to do and they don't want to do. Instead of them saying, let's excite our own base, let's get black people out, let's get Hispanics out. Instead of doing that, they're like, nope, rural white people. Let's find out what's going on in their head. That's what we all do. So we're all conditioned to do the same thing. And, and again, I don't expect everybody to know this, but it is kind of why you buy, you get, you buy, you pay for somebody to give you a strategy. Because if you listen to these fools on TV, they're just they're just talking to make noise and trying to get famous and trying to be heard and make a news cycle, where people who are actually trying to do analysis are doing analysis on this stuff. You don't get. Um, strategists on TV giving you strategy. They're just doing something to get attention. So we have That's to be true. careful yeah, about that. Right. And like I, you know, I was talking to Vanessa yesterday about this, that our job is to, on Sunday morning as we're doing the show, is to help our listeners become smarter more than it is for us to give them something sensational to run off and yell at people about tomorrow. I don't care about that. Mm. You want us to be informed. Man. So here we are. Give you a different perspective. Absolutely. And for all you Republicans, they might not like it, in, but we're hey, giving it to them, Jerome. Good morning to you. Yeah, I mean, some of that stuff I see anyway. All right, so coming up uh, next, uh, NPR News update. And like I mentioned during the show, uh, very want to say, very special what's up to uh, Bishop Isaiah, Isaiah West uh, Jr. Um, East. I'm saying, I'm thinking, I'm mixing, mixing two passes. Isaiah East Jr., uh, my, my bishop. Uh, we, we have a dedication for our new church today. I'm, I am so been working all weekend trying to get that church ready, so I got to get out here a little early to get some, do some last minute things for our, our special service this afternoon. So I want to say thank you guys for listening to the serious side. I'm going to bow out and turn the controls over to the man himself, Mr. L to the E to the S. Hope you guys have a wonderful work week. And remember, if it is Sunday, we're talking serious stuff. Uh, it is the serious side. I'll see you next week, Mr. Elias. Continue to rock on, everybody else. Love you guys. Happy Vet Veterans Day to all love the vets you. out there. And guys, we'll be right back. And a special what's up to Miss Monique? She's Miss not Miss Monique. Miss Momo. Guys, the whole show. Cool. So Momo B is on the line with us. Momo B is in the house. Good morning, Momo. How you doing? And uh, and Marietta Music, uh, love you, girlfriend. And we'll hope to see you later today. All right. Stepping out real quick, break coming up uh, on the other side. I'm not sure if you're going to do Chatterbox or not. If not, on a need-to-know basis. All right, Chatterbox is coming up next. Mr. Elias has got it on a need-to-know basis. Of course, final thoughts at the end of the show. All right, guys, have a great weekend. We'll talk to you on the other side. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. You listen to the serious side of the J. Ryle Show on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio. And it's best. We'll be right back after this. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Guardian Insurance, helping nearly 27 million people look after what they love most because everyone deserves a guardian. Visit guardianlife.com. Guardian is a registered trademark of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, New York, New York. Iran says construction has begun on a second nuclear power reactor at a swishy air plant south of Tehran. State television reporting that workers began pouring concrete today for the base of the reactor. 
Also, Iran's foreign ministry said today that the whereabouts of former FBI agent Robert Levinson remains unknown. Questions about Levinson's disappearance in Iran in 2007 were renewed this weekend after the AP obtained a copy of a U.N. report in which Iran acknowledged that its revolutionary court had an open case on Levinson. A foreign ministry spokesman denies that Tehran has opened a criminal case against Levinson, saying it had filed a missing persons case. For soccer fans, all eyes will be on Seattle today. Ashley Gross of member station KNKX reports the Seattle Sounders are facing off against Toronto in the MLS Cup Final. This is the third time in four years that Seattle and Toronto are playing against each other for the championship. Seattle's hoping for a repeat of 2016 when the team won, and this time the Sounders have home field advantage. Jordan Morris is a Sounders forward who grew up in the Seattle area. Our fans just deserve this. They, they deserve the, the chance to, to have this game at home, and, and obviously if we get a win, I think it'll, it'll mean a lot for the city. The game is sold out, and almost 70,000 people are expected to pack into CenturyLink Field. Even the Space Needle has gotten into the spirit and is flying a giant Sounders flag. For NPR News, I'm Ashley Gross in Seattle. And I'm Joel Snyder. NPR News from Washington. Uh, okay, folks, let's just go right into it. Uh, look, I got some from Covina Man and Vogel Bright. Covina Man says, why should black people choose uh, Pete Buttigieg anyway? He's, he's not entitled. No one is entitled to the black vote. He needs to work hard and wait his turn. Uh, and then Who's he says that? LBGT. That's, that's what Covina Man says. No, no, he said LBGT. He's talking about uh, Pete Buttigieg. Oh, okay. And yeah. he said LBG, uh, LBG, LBGTQ is people's right. However, does not entitle anyone to black vote. And then Vobo Bright said, I would vote for a Christian over LBGTQ. That is just why, that's just my opinion. And then he said, I would also vote for an elder over a first-timer. Well, there you go. It says it all. And with that being said, folks, it's time for my part. My favorite part of the show, and I'm, I'm hoping everybody's favorite part of the show. There you go. The first one is dazzled on election night in a. There you go. Jerome? Yes, sir. Hey. All right, so I just want to tell you, Elias, Jay usually usually says something before I come in, so after I was waiting, I'm like, huh? My bad. All right, before I get started, I do want to say this about Kamala Harris. And to, to Vanessa's point, um, and, and um, Johnny, as they were, we were talking about, you know, race and inter, interracial marriage kind of stuff, the, the thing with black folks, I think the thing with black folks is when you have interracial marriages, there's something with us that says, are you, we ask the question, are you good enough to lead black thought when you um, are outside of a, when you're interracial marriage? So that's, that's where those questions start to come up. 
And I think Kamala, um, I don't think that she has black people interest per se more than anything else. And he's just, her, her husband is just kind of a symbol of her feeling like she's not black. Not, well, I'm not saying she's not black enough. I think when you black, you black. So, but it, it's a part of what the visual is to her policies. So I'm going to have to say I agree with both of you guys, but at the same time, we need to be conscious about that to say, hey, you know what? If you feel like you can marry who you want to, nobody's just, nobody's saying anything about it, but you can't start telling black folks what their ailments are when you don't want to be black. That's mm. the bottom line of that. All right. You now, better uh, preach, Jerome. Hey, I'm just, I'm just, <laughs> I just want to put some clarity on it. So, hey, um, we'll, our we'll first definitely story, agree. We'll definitely agree. Yep. Now, Virginia Democrats took full control of their state house and Senate for the yeah. first time in 26 years. The Democrats won the majority of both houses on Tuesday night's um, legislative election. So this is the third election in a row that Virginia Democrats have made big gains since Trump has been elected. So what everybody keeps saying, we need to work harder, we need to work harder. The Obama folks on those local elections are out there. Obama was in Mm. Virginia, and they were getting it done on the ground. So I'm glad nobody's reporting on this. But they're making some moves in some places that people cannot see, which is good. Have you have you seen what that clown in Kentucky is doing, man? Oh, what is he? He's not conceding. <laughs> what? The governor. Not the governor is not conceding. He's not conceding. Hey, he said, hey, it's no, just like mm-hmm. it's just like the president. You know, when when they say, "Well, I hope that he leaves office when he loses," the truth is, is that. The Secret Service cannot, they're not going to protect you when you are not president. So you cannot say after election, there's a ceremony, right, that happens. But after the new guy is sworn in, or girl, after the new person is sworn in, technically you are not president. So Secret Service ain't going to keep hiding you. And there was a news story that said that Trump said that um, he's going to, you won't be seeing him if he loses. And my response to that is, he's probably going to be in Russia if you're looking for him. <laughs> but that's mm-hmm. why you're not going to see him. <laughs> that fool's yeah. going to be out. Yeah. yeah. I think he's going to do election day from Russia, just in case he loses. Well, yeah. You hear? Yeah, in case he loses. Yeah, he's yeah, he, yeah because they're going to arrest his butt. That's why he's moving. He's like, I'm moving away from New York. They're treating me so bad, whatever. Mm-hmm. That ain't the reason you're moving away from New York, brother. He's, I, oh, he definitely mm-hmm. is out. Now, a Democrat mother of two, who was a psych, who was a cyclist, who was fired from her job for flipping off um, Trump's motorcade, she won her local board of supervisors election mm-hmm. in Virginia against a Republican in, incumbent. So, um, again, she went viral in October 2017 because they fired her for giving the motorcade the finger. Yeah. I remember that, yep. yeah. Yeah. I, I don't remember that. Yeah, again, that's sad because there's there's a freedom in there someplace when they were burning effigies of Obama. I never heard yeah. about anybody getting firing, fired. No. Nah, They're like, it's on my free time. Like a, all kind of stuff, man. I saw out, man. I was like, wow. This is crazy. Yeah. So, hey, in Kansas City, um, the Kansas City voters voted to remove Martin Luther King Jr.'s name yeah. from the. Yeah. 
less than a year after the council renamed it after him. Hmm. Wow, it's, that's crazy, man. Yeah, that but, is. Hey, it just it just tells you something about people, right? Um, yeah. You can make progress on one end, and they can take roll it back on another. Yeah, so, that's for sure. Yep, a Florida County board reject a library request from the New New York Times subscription because Trump said it reports fake news. So a motion <laughs> to add a digital subscription to the New York Times for library users met quick opposition from the um, Board of County Commissioners in Citrus County in Florida. It's about 75 miles north of Ta- Tampa. They actually rejected getting the New York Times. Now, this, you know this wow. is a when somebody says, hey, don't mm-hmm. look at them and don't read that. You can only read this <laughs> stuff. You know it's a cult. You right. ain't kidding. Like more than one, 1. 1.5 million packages were delivered each day in New York City, adding to the gridlock on the roads as internet orders, um, as the internet ordering economy booms. So UPS, FedEx, I never heard of Fresh Direct. I don't know what they do. And Peapod trucks last year uh, went up 515,000 summonses for parking violations in New York City. That was up 28% (laughs) on five years before. So their fines are $27 million because of the deliveries. (laughs) Wow. Just because they're, um, you know, since their deliveries are up, they're getting more tickets. I guess that's boosting Mm. revenue somehow. I guess. Wow. Yeah. You know, I guess that happens. (laughs) <laughs> All right, so yeah. um, you, Uber, Uber shares has tumbled 5% after posting $1.16 billion in losses, but the CEO insists that the, they'll be profitable in 2021. So, so the company's goal is to reach profitability by that time when adjusted for interest, tax, depreciation, and amortization for a full year in 2021. So Uber is not going away. Mm. Well, in, I think Uber is more popular than Lyft, aren't they? Yes, they are. Yeah. Um, yes, they you know, are. They, keep, they keep catching these Uber and Lyft drivers, um, putting people at danger, trying to kidnap. Yeah. That That's probably making them lose money, too, randomly yeah. um, having Uber pools. Now, um, the rate of children admitted to the ERs in the U.S. for sexual abuse more than doubled in just seven years as human trafficking rise um, in North America. So between 2010 and 2016, the rate of children admitted <clears throat> to the ERs have doubled with about 8,818 kids admitted in 2016. This is according to St. Louis University of Research. Um, wow. No, yeah, nothing's good about that story. Now, no, Nestle, Nestle recalled 26 cookie dough products over fears that it could have bits of rubber in their ready-to-eat baked treats. So they're recalling the Toe House cookie products, including the seasonal varieties due to presence of food-grade rubber pieces. I don't know what that means exactly, but there's a recall, people. I used to eat that back in the day, though. Those Toe House cookies. Yeah. 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 Me too. (laughs) Just that that. smokes them. Never mind. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> then, because the, you still like them chewy after that. Yeah, now, yeah, yeah, most definitely. Yeah, you know, Google bought Fitbit. Google bought them oh, for two point one billion dollars. Really? Mm. Yeah, I didn't know Fitbit was that popular. Yeah, 
Yeah. So on Friday, Fitbit announced that it had offered um, seven dollars and fifty seven dollars and thirty five cent per share in cash, which equates to a premium of about nineteen percent of their stock um, stock closing price. So it was two point one billion dollars. Fitbit is now Google, which kind of scares me because everything's going to be connected mm-hmm. in a minute. Um, yeah. AT&T is fined $60 million for fleecing customers by selling them unlimited plans and then slowing down their data. <laughs> so the federal yeah. trade. Good Lord. <laughs> I have AT&T, too. Okay, AT&T will yeah, automatically. They've been doing that, Jerome. What'd you say? They've been doing that for a while now. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, Verizon did too. AT&T, Verizon, and someone else. So that's where that net neutrality stuff started coming in because they're slowing you down based upon what plans and want to charge you more money if you are streaming and all of that nonsense. But AT&T said that they'll auto- they will automatically provide partial refunds to customers who sign up for unlimited wireless plans before 2011. So if you're not mm. that old and you just got your plan, you're not getting anything back. I think that's well, the no, overall. I've been there for a while, so hopefully they give me my money. Give me my money. Okay, there you go. Now, scientists mm-hmm. um, calculated the current satellite-based predictions are wrong, and three times as many people will be hit by rising shorelines by 2050. So according Ooh. to a uh, paper that published um, Nature Communications on t- Tuesday, the new models show that 300 million People are currently living on land that will flood at least once a year by mm. 2050. 300 million. Mm. Yep. So if you live on a coastal wow. city and you are right on water, I mean, I feel really bad for New Orleans in saying this, but they are right, right there. Yep. Now, the mm. U.S. Navy dropped supplies to a submarine at sea by drone for the first time. So the drone has been used to deliver goods to a submarine at sea for the first time in naval history. They dropped off like a five-pound payload off the coast of Hawaii. So I don't know what that means. I guess mm. our submarines will be able to – the submarines stay underwater, um, I think, sometimes like up to three months. But the reason they have to come up is for food and not for anything else. So now they figured out a way to actually drop them payloads. So who knows what that means in a bigger picture. Um well. Custom agents in Georgia seized a record-breaking 2,133 pounds of cocaine worth $3 million um, from a shipping container that was packed in South America and was destined for Europe. So it wasn't even supposed to stop here. <laughs> it was just a layover, <laughs> and they caught it at the layover spot. And you know why? Because um, the United States is probably the biggest dealers of that stuff. So they didn't say they destroyed it, but there's 2,133 pounds um, so, if you want to um, do some reconnaissance, try to find out where that um, where that product went in about two months, because <laughs> you won't find it. Wow. I can, I can tell you that right now. All right. Manufacturers finally fought back against keyless um, car thieves by using motion sen- sensors on your key fob that blocks the relaying. So, if you've never seen the story, there are people who can send, put a relay between your keys in your house to your car to unlock your car door. But the manufacturers finally are using motion sensors inside of their vehicle's key fobs to detect if it's been stationary. So if your keys has not been moved for a long period of time, it goes into sleep mode and it'll block relaying um, software. Finally, it's something against that. Yeah, it's out there someplace. 
Now, a veteran high school teacher who's 63 is charged with um, sleeping with uh, um, somebody 46 years her junior. He was 17. Wow. And in their relationship, they reported their relationship to staff. So North Carolina teacher Emma Ogle was arrested on Halloween night, charged with um, um, sleeping with a student and indecent Mm. liberties with a student and a crime against nature. I don't know what that means exactly. I didn't look into that story too much. So, wow. North Carolina, her name is Emma Ogle, O-G-L-E. So you want to go check her out. Now, Donald Trump was met by a crowd of booing UFC supporters when he arrived at Madison Square mm-hmm. Garden. We didn't talk about this last night, but they were shouting, F-U-F-U is what the crowd did, <laughs> and lock him up. Wow. <laughs> so around 150 protesters and activist groups um, refused fascism and rise and resist was in front of the garden, um, their main interest, protesting as he came mm-hmm. in. Now, I know he just wow. went to the Alabama game. Alabama mm-hmm. Alabama. and that book that everything um, touch, Trump touches dies that um, yeah. there's a book out well he was rooting for Alabama guess who lost you not want that dude on your side I'm just going mm-hmm. to put that up out there that's the same thing that happened with the governor in Kentucky he, he went out there to campaign for Trump and he did all his campaigning and he lost uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so we'll see how that how that goes. Now, um, all right, you know, we, we got yeah. time for two more, my brother. Two more. Okay. Now, a Maryland man, Alvin Herbert Hubbard the third, who's forty six, drove his pickup truck across the medium in a Delaware highway and killed five members of a Trinidadian family. He was sentenced to one year probation. What? Now, do I have to play this game black or white for y'all to get? Nope. Nope. Not at all, my brother. Not at all. Lone survivor of the crash asked the judge to impose a 14-year maximum sentence on him. The prosecutors wanted a one-year prison sentence. Now, the one woman who survived, she's paralyzed her arms and her legs. Mm. And he killed everybody else in her family. And he got one-year probation. Now, wow. yeah, yeah. The prosecutors told the judge that Hubbard was asleep. He, he slept as much as five hours before, so he probably fell asleep. But when the state came up and testified, um, the state reportedly said there was no signs of intentional or reckless conduct. Mm. But he drove across the medium and killed somebody, so he wasn't reckless or... Really? Yeah. Anyway. Really? Wow. Yeah, so... Buffalo Wild Wings fired their staff who was who asked a table of 18 customers to move because a racist mm-hmm. regular didn't want black people sitting that there. Was in Ooh, that infuriated Chicago. me. That was in Chicago. I know where <laughs> that in was. Chicago? Too. Yes, sir. Yep, <sighs> I know. I know where that was. Yep. Oh, it was a suburb of Chicago. Let me rephrase that. It was a suburb of Chicago. Wow. Yeah. Man. I, was, I was angry as hell with that one, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. All right, folks. With that being said, that's uh, wow. Yeah, that infuriated me too, Vanessa. And and that's us coming to the end of the show. So you know, when we come to the end of the show, ladies are first. Vanessa, you're up. Your final thoughts. 
Usually I'm not even here, but I'm playing cooking today, so forgive me, Lord. But this has been... <laughs> You're doing God's this work. This <laughs> a hot topic show, a hot topic show, and I so enjoyed it. Uh, but I agree with you, Jerome, that we need to let people know what is really going on with some of these candidates and why they're so low in the polls and why it's not even going to do you any good to support those people because Kamala Harris is like... It's just a waste of time, money, effort to, with her period. So I am I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to be a portion of it. And I hope that people take with some of the things that we have said to heart. Everybody have an awesome week. And uh, I'm just going to enjoy this beautiful day in Houston. Playing for church. Right. I'm sorry, Lord. That's all right. He knows where your heart is, Vanessa. Uh, yeah. I'll you up. I tell you what, good folks, I always enjoy the dialogue. Uh, I learned some things today, as I always do. But but once again, I, I, Jerome hit the nail on the head. It is about responsible dialogue and conversation. And I think that, that that's done every week on the serious side. Whether you agree with it or not, I do think that there is some thought um, that's put behind the commentary and some facts for the listeners to go out and 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 have and have a different perspective of, of, of what the issues are and how to resolve them. So again, appreciate the opportunity and thank you all. Thank you, sir, for being here. Love you, and thank you for your and thank you for your service, Hawk. Thank you. I appreciate you, sir. Thank you, Jim. Uh, Jerome, you're up, my friend. All right. Well. I don't really have much. Just everybody just maintain and look where nobody else is looking, and you'll figure out what's going on. And shout out to Marianne, Marianne Music, who was in Houston and didn't call nobody. I'm not in Houston, but I just thought I'd say that. Shout <laughs> out <laughs> to Vanessa. Great job as always. And Johnny D. And you are always doing a great job, Elias. And I, in case Jay is listening, I better say something about him. Nope, I'm not. <laughs> just in case he's listening. All right, you're up. <laughs> <laughs> all right, folks. With that being said, I'd like to thank all the veterans. My father was a veteran. Thank you for your service, folks. Get out and vote, folks, because if you don't get out and vote, you don't have a voice. Look what happened Tuesday in Kentucky. The folks got out and voted, and they got a Republican out of office who made no sense whatsoever. So get and out Virginia and vote. And Virginia also. Virginia is totally blue. Yeah look, what, yeah, look what happened in Virginia, folks. Look, get out and vote. So for those who say your vote don't count, Look what can happen when you get out and vote, folks. And with that being said, Jerome, my friend, if it's Sunday and we're talking serious stuff, what time is it for, my friend? Time for the serious side of the Jay Brown Show with LES stepping in. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. With that being said, we thank you. With that being said, we thank you. Good night. Uh, it's Sunday at 6. Let's get together, have some dinner, whatever. Uh Okay. Okay. All right. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 